Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Welcome to another episode of the Wretched Hive Podcast. Our series breaking down every single episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. My name is Steve Baldwin and joining me this morning, Messieurs Scotty Vansky and Dave Potter. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Season one, episode two of The Falcon and Winter Soldier is on our collective plate today. Originally dropped March 26th, 2021. Of course, yesterday as we record the show, the title of this one is The Star-Spangled Man. Right away, we know we're going to get some um, background information, Scott, on the new Captain America. That's right. That's right. Um, First of all, I'm super happy to be here. And three of us on the show today, this is going to be fun. Uh, I think that's... uh, that gives way to at least an hour and a half, right? Discussion time, Steve? No? How long okay. is the runtime for this one, Dave? Is it, what, 30, 38 minutes? It was uh, It was a 50-minute episode, so oh. with the credits, <laughs> it was probably a 22-minute uh, action. <laughs> All right, we got we to gotta get right to it then. Yeah. Um, so, so, Steve, we, uh, yeah, we do. We get a lot of action, or a lot of intro uh, and background with the character John Walker. Um, super excited to see where this character goes, because... I think a lot of us that do read these comics know the potential of this character, uh, and we do see a little bit of that bubbling up to the surface in this episode. Let's bubble right up to the surface ourselves, and we're going to start off, or this episode starts off, Dave, with with John Walker at his old high school. Was was he a football hero? Was that part of his sort of his background? That That's the implication of what we're seeing there. I mean, he was either oh. a... a that that was his high school, that was a high school team, or he was in some kind of semi-pro league. But it, the the Star Spangled Man, you know, like you say, yeah, we're we're now expecting, oh, we're going to dive in and we're going to learn a little bit about this new Captain America. And he is a, a guy that it's understanding why the government would pick him and hand him the shield. But that title has a double entendre. And I think the opening sequence is an amazing contrast for a scene that comes up later in the show that we'll talk about. And I think Scott's already keyed in on what I'm, where I'm going with this and understanding why I'm not, I'm not turning over my card just yet. Yeah. I want to, I hope it, I hope I'm not going to bury this for you, Dave, but I do want to also say that I believe the song they're playing, is that where you're going with this or are you going with something else? I'm going with something else, but that song okay, I think is a, a takeoff on the, the star spangled man tune that Alan Menken wrote for the captain America, the first Avenger movie. That is correct. And it was wonderfully done. I love the contrast between the two scenes. So yeah. wonderful. Now I'm, I'm sorry to, to launch with the question about football and, and I, I have to preface all no, this by saying, <laughs> no, well, I am a little bit, why are you, but, why are you <laughs> such a liar? Well, I, I'm, 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 I'm asking because I have, I have a lot of questions about, these characters, there's so many name drops in this episode. So I, you know, I, again, am playing the, the guy that knows nothing and teeing this up for you guys. And so I, I honestly don't know anything about John Walker, what his background was in the comics. So I was really sort of like, you know, it is a completely different that direction. Yeah. It it is a completely different character here. So I don't, I don't want to draw too much on what he was in the comics because they haven't really given us enough here yet to see what's what's going to be similar and what's what's not going to be similar what i I like about what they're doing with it is the the character is distinctly different he is clearly struggling a little bit maybe not as much as he should but a little bit with trying to to do the right thing and be the right thing but he is also showing very clearly that no i am a i am a company man yeah yeah, I, I, I am a I am a government man. I am doing these things that I am told to do, which is a very important key distinction between John Walker and Steve Rogers as Captain America. Yeah, I, I need to jump in with you on this, Dave, because this is a discussion. I, I have a lot of discussions I want to have with you on this based off of the comics. Uh, I'm glad you did point out that there is a difference in this character. I, I 
I almost feel like they're taking multiple versions of the same character that we saw over the course of about a decade, maybe a little bit less, but, um, and kind of working it into a more sympathetic character Mm -hmm. that leads into something we do know about the John Walker second. Well, he's not even the second captain America, but, um, the, the version of captain America is from the, uh, the comics. I, I do like how the show is presenting it in a, less comic book way and there are subtle hints at something boiling under the surface there but, and that's but, what yeah. well, well I, I, I will I, just say i am instantly suspicious of the man because of his sideburns <laughs> he's got great sideburns no those sideburns are evil my friend oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, right off the bat though right off the bat he he's sort of being teed up uh, as someone that you you can't help but like right i mean he says Right off the bat, um, he says, everybody in the world expects me, expects me to be something. I don't want to fail them. He comes off to me as being very authentic. Um, I just want to do the job, he says. His, his friend in the locker room says, you can't just punch your way out of problems anymore. It's time to go to work. And he, he's taking on this mantle willingly, and he wants to do a good job. Sure, but I, I will say again, like let's contrast this whole very choreographed rollout. And let's keep in mind the idea that, oh, Steve Rogers wanted Sam Wilson to be his successor. Sam kind of backed away for his own reasons that haven't really been articulated yet. And the government immediately turns to another white male American Mm -hmm. in 2023 to represent America. And so we see this carefully choreographed rollout, and that's going to contrast with something that happens a little later in the episode. Yeah, yes. that's a great it's, point, it's, Dave. Yeah. It, it, is, it was such an obvious bit of storytelling, but was done so very, very well. I'll, and yes, I agree. I also like, because it was done so well, one of those little attributes of that is the fact that it mirrors Steve Rogers' original like apprehension with taking on the character of uh, Captain America, where he's playing the roles on stage and, and promoting the war. Um I just you get you get a sense you get that feel that the way Steve handled it is just a little bit different and that's what leads him into a different direction and it's also the character of who he is as a person versus who Johnny Walker or John Walker is yeah and and I'm getting ahead of the the show chronology but I one of my favorite scenes in, in a really excellent episode was the the car ride sequence after the the big action set piece on the semi Mm-hmm. With John yeah. Walker, Battlestar, Bucky, and Falcon, where you you see that you know John Walker, he's not a bad guy. It would be it would be an easy storytelling mistake to make him a bad guy, and they are mm-hmm. they're taking the the smart choice in not in not doing that. But he does have these small but important differences with Steve Rogers, and when yeah. you're in that visible position, those small differences can lead to big fissions and fractures with people you should be able to get along with. And that was all encapsulated beautifully in that car ride. I couldn't help Dave as I was watching it. And I we keep mentioning little things and, and bubbling to the surface of tension and other things. But uh, did, did anyone think Homelander light at all in this? Like a couple mm, moments, if you've watched mm. the boys, <laughs> Uh, he, ah. he's well, he's certainly got that sort of all American, um, you know, uh, he's 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 blonde. He's Aryan. Um, he does he, everything but speak German. He really does. <laughs> right. Right. And uh, but yeah, and yet there's there's something a little bit off just, yeah. you know, uh, very similar to Homelander. Um, so so pretty quickly we we get to. The uh, we get to Sam and Bucky together. Um, right off the bat, Bucky is, you know, telling Sam, "You shouldn't have given up the shield. It's not what Steve wanted." Um, and and Sam pushing back with, "You're not going to come in with your overextended life and tell me how to live mine." Um, there, there's a a name drop in that conversation, and it's Red Wing. What yeah. what is Red Wing? Oh, that's his drone. Which, which in the comic oh, book okay. is an actual falcon, right? It's an actual yeah. or a hawk. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's the drone. So that's part of his tech, like his technology. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you guys, I need help with this stuff. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and that's one of those that's one of those things where it's a okay. very it's a very clever 
evolution from the comics to the cinematic universe. Like it would okay. be a pain in the ass to give him a pet falcon and and all that stuff. So there's like, no, we'll give him a fancy drone and call it Redbird. Done. Got it. Okay, so in that conversation also we get the first reference to the big three, androids, aliens, and wizards, which was a, a joke amongst our, our private uh, a ch- chat thread this week. I, I got a kick out of that when I heard them speak it on camera. It was pretty funny. Dave, so, do you want to go down this rabbit hole? Because there is a funny little uh, almost problem or issue with the fact that he calls out Gandalf. Well, I, I was going to say, but I, I love the – there's a lot of talk about how Sebastian Stan resembles a, a young Mark Hamill. Yes. But the the bit where he was kind of being a Jiminy Cricket to Sam Wilson's Falcon and being like, you know, why why did you give the shield away? Steve picked you like this. It reminded me so much of the cut scene from Terminator 2 Judgment Day where Michael Bain is telling him to Hamilton, you know, you're responsible for him now. He's your responsibility. And then I suddenly realized, like, oh my God, Sebastian Stan looks like a young Michael Bain too. <laughs> it's that it's that he handsome really does, jawline. Right? He's got. Yeah. Yes. He, he, right? That's yeah. not just me. He really does look like and a young Michael Bain. Yeah. 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 Like if they were doing bit. an Alien Point Five, they would have to cast Sebastian Stan at this point. <laughs> uh, so, Alien so, is also owned by Disney, so it could happen. Just throw yes. it out there. So, so, so really early in this episode, where where we get into the buddy cop sort of mantra. And, and, you know, we were kind of making fun of it, kind of joking about it last episode. I got to say, I love it with these two. I think the chemistry they have and the humor and, um, the, um, the way they're able to emote with each other, I think is just great. And, um, I, I I was, I was kind of like, okay, here we go. Here's the buddy cop, you know, sequence, but it works. It works in this show. It it works, and I guarantee you there are going to be some Falcon Winter Solar shipping stories out there on the internet uh, by the by the end of tomorrow because they they have some chemistry and they really need to just make it happen. Just just cut through the tension like a knife. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll get to the therapy scene um, towards the end, which I thought was great too. But um, I I, so I I need a little more background on Bucky, and I'm I'm really sorry to do this to the show because I feel like I should know more, but. There, there's a line that Sam says, and he says, you know, what, what's going on in that cyborg brain of yours? So so can you guys explain, like, is Bucky, like, part cyborg? I mean, uh, aside from his arm, like, what's he got going on? As, what as are his as, powers? Yeah, as far as we know, I mean, I think that's just a joke reference to the fact that he has the, the uh, arm. Uh, I don't think he has any, like, actual half mechanical computer chip, computer brain or whatever. So, okay. Uh, not in the books, certainly, but yeah, I think it's just one of those buddy cop joke references. Also, backing that up, Steve, I know you're going to need a lot of reference. Uh, sorry, I threw the Gandalf thing out there before you could really get to the moment, but oh. the reference to him reading The Hobbit when it originally was published in 1937 is such a deep cut. Everyone knows that those were published almost 100 years ago, those books. The Hobbit was the first one out the gate, but the funniest thing was, and I had to do a little bit of extra research research on this, is it actually wasn't published here in the U.S. in 1937. It was published in 1938. However, uh, it's like a limited run of 1,500 copies were published in the U.K. And so if this is true and he read it at, at around age 19 or 20, that means he was such a diehard geek that he had to leave or have a special <laughs> copy shipped over from Europe in 1937. So, <laughs> that's and that, that's, that's that's reference great. to other people that put that together. Thank you for all the uh, the help and the insight on that. So, uh, I, I wanted to say one more thing about the the buddy cop piece. Um, uh, if on Disney Plus in the description of this episode, <clears throat> the the keyword descriptors are science fiction, action adventure buddy (laughs) i just i just thought that i just thought that was i got a little kick out of that um there's also a reference to um you know when they're they're in the warehouse and bucky is going off he's gonna go try and challenge the group that's shipping something out of the trucks we don't know what it is yet but um uh sam says to bucky a little time in wakanda and you come out the white panther and bucky says actually it was the white wolf so Okay, going back again, Dave, what is the White Wolf? Is that something we need to know about? I, I, I don't think so. I think that was just okay. a nickname that uh, that uh, T'Challa gave to him. Okay. 
But they're uh, all kind of dancing around the idea that there's a Black Panther. But yeah. there's also a character called the White Tiger at some point in the Marvel comics. So I think so, they're just kind of I think they're just kind of having a little nudge nudge wink wink with the hardcore comic fans right there. I, all right. Let's let's make sure nobody calls us out on the show. It was not T'Challa that gave him the nickname. It was the school children at the little hut that he was living in. If you remember, uh, all the little kids were dancing around calling him the White Wolf. <laughs> so it's it's pretty clear that I mean, if you're not familiar with these characters, and I'm I'm clearly not as <laughs> as familiar as as most, but. Um, it's pretty clear that, you know, Bucky has like the super serum sort of power level power that he does. He chases down these trucks. He springs onto the back of the truck, rips the door open. And um, he he is confronted by what he initially thinks is a hostage, but is a it turns out to be one of the super soldiers from the Flag Smashers. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK, but Steve, you're going to need your notebook in a minute because Dave and I are going to have a serious comic book uh, discussion actually through this whole episode but one we, i want to need i need to point this out for you is this is i think the first time we get to see bucky show off more than just his fighting skills we get to see him have that super like fast running like steve did in the first captain america i don't think we've ever seen bucky run fast like that is that right uh we may have seen that at some point in the winter soldier but i'm not 100 okay. percent on it i'm just saying okay. it's possible okay uh Bucky and Sam are kind of getting worked over by this group, the Flag Smashers, and Captain America shows up with his partner, Lamar Hoskins. Battlestar. 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 All right. So who is Battlestar? Do we need to know who this so, person is? So, oh, so, wow. in, so, so in the comics... Okay, this is. I'm going to try to do this. Steve, I'm going to try to do this as short as I can. We need some foundational stuff. Original, original Captain America comic. It introduced Captain America and his teenage sidekick Bucky Barnes, who had no superpowers whatsoever because it was the 1940s, and that was the age of the teenage sidekick for superheroes. It was generally put in there to give the kids somebody to relate to and it's also an expositional tool so the hero can always explain what's going on to somebody who's not as smart as the hero is so jump forward years in the future uh johnny walker becomes the super patriot after gaining superpowers through the power brokers serum by the way that's what i'm saying there's a lot here i'm trying to boil this down as much as i can and he became the super patriot because he felt Captain America was too corporate, not America enough. Mm. This is a 1980s storyline. Sounds like it could be happening today, mm-hmm. but it's a 1980s storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has a group of buddies who also take the power broker super soldier serum with him. And they become the Buckies, short for bold urban commandos. Yeah. Oh, no all, kidding. They're yeah. all like guys from the wrong side of the track. One of those is Lamar. So when John Walker is selected to be Captain America, he doesn't want to leave his buckies behind him. But the government says, well, two of these guys are just they're, – they're bad news. We can't do business with them. But this one, you can bring him on as your, your sidekick as Bucky. So Lamar, who is an African-American gentleman in the comics, <laughs> becomes Bucky to Captain America. Now, this is, this, is, this is all true. This all really happened. Now I'm going to go deep cut. So one of the African-American creators at Marvel took the writer of Captain America aside at that point, a gentleman named Mark Grunewald, who doesn't have a racist bone in his body from everything I've read. But the but the Mark got a talking to to explain that you understand that that is actually a derogatory term for African-Americans in many parts of the country. Right. And Mark had no idea. Like Mm -hmm. literally all the blood rushed out of his face because he realized what he'd done unintentionally. And he made it a story point that Lamar, uh, in the course of being Bucky, uh, has another African, an older African-American gentleman come up to him and explain, hey, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And so he changes his name to become Battlestar at that Mm -hmm. point and continue to serve as uh, John Walker's Captain America partner for as long as John Walker was Captain America. Wow. I can see Steve's notebook and pencil flying right now. So one more thing that is going to be unbelievable. The two I thought I did that short and I think feel like like (laughs) But Dave, Dave, just because I said something on the last episode, I have to bring this up. The two uh, not so nice members of the Buckies, they end up becoming villains 
and their names are the right winger and the, the left, left winger. winger. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. And but they they also they're they're what turns the the John Walker character into who we know today as U.S. agent. Because I've talked yes. about how the John Walker character in the comics was a conflicted guy who was struggling with being Captain America and not quite living up to it. Yeah. Well, the as left winger and right winger, they actually out Captain America and reveal his secret identity to the world. Yeah. And then one of the terrorist groups that uh, John Walker was fighting as Captain America kidnap his parents and kill his parents in front of John Walker. And that pushes him completely over the edge and he snaps and kind yeah. of becomes the the quasi-psychotic character that we all know today and have known in comics for like 40 years. But at the beginning of his journey as Captain America, he was a guy who was struggling with it and not quite living up to it. That horrible incident happened, and he snapped and clearly became somebody who just could not continue as Captain America. Yeah. You know, people are going to watch – this is so interesting to me because people – and thank you for that, Dave and Scott. Um, pe- people are going to watch this show, and there, there's – you know, let's just sort of put this on the table. There's some there's some issues that are being dealt with here in this show around race relations and government interference that you wouldn't think would be part of a show about superheroes. Um, and th- for those that are again, uninitiated to the, to the Marvel universe and the comic books, this has been around for a long time, but I think people are going to, I- I'm waiting for the first, like, you know, super political, either conservative, uh, conservative or liberal person it really doesn't matter at this point. They're going to call out Disney for, for, you know, uh, take for taking this position or or taking advantage of the current political climate that we have in this country yeah. to make a buck but the, I, the truth it, is this has been around for a long time it's fascinating it it has and there's a storyline we're still getting to but this episode while watching it at the second time it was clear the first time i sat back and watched the more like race related issues that come up in this in this episode um and yeah i felt the same way but i'm i'm like my dilemma with this is how is Disney going to approach this? Because this is also Marvel and Marvel, the comics. We've all read these comics. Dave and I and everyone and Greg, who's been really involved in comics, know a lot of these real life issues that are brought up in this comic book fantasy world. And they're fantastic and usually treated very well. And yeah, they're, again, we're getting to the next big issue in this. But yeah, there is well, a huge we- reveal coming up. Well, we haven't gotten to Isaiah and, you know, the the Tuskegee Airmen and all, all of that uh, connections that we can draw. Um, yeah. But it's really it's really cool that we're in 2021 where we have this sort of openness to to confront some of these realities of of of. Well, uh, at, at uh, least in some parts of the country, we do. Well, we do. <laughs> yeah. Well, on this show, we do, and uh, and certainly in, in the Marvel universe, it seems like they see an open door for this, and I think it's it's great. Um, all right. So I just have to let's get back to the action here. Um, I love the little details in in the the fight sequence on the on the trucks. Um, uh, the Falcon. Um, heading backwards into a freeway sign and he jumps over it. Um, Captain America flinging his shield and using it as sort of like a quasi snow, you know, disc only it's on pavement uh, for his, for um, Battlestar. That's uh, it, just some great sequences. And I, 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 again, the show is so cinematic and it just, it feels like the MCU. It's fantastic. Yeah. Just the, the, vu- the oh, yeah. visuals are so good. Um, all right. There's another reference to to um, the big three, which I thought was interesting on on the truck ride back, which you referred to earlier, Dave. And I think we want to get into some of the dialogue there. But um, Walker actually says, "I'm pretty sure it's one of the big three, right?" So I so is so is the big three a thing with like, you know? Uh, apparently, it is a, a thing, and I, and I, <laughs> I I enjoy it because it's like a it's like a callback. It's funny. It's like, oh, wait, now Sam can relate to this guy that he doesn't really want to relate to. Right. But it's also kind of speaks to Sam's status as an Avenger. Like he's kind of on the inside, but he's also kind of an independent on the outside. So like Bucky doesn't Bucky doesn't know that phrase exists, Mm -hmm. thinks it's ludicrous. But Sam did. And John Walker, Captain America, definitely did. So it's 
I'm like it, it's a throwaway line, but it's also it's also establishing some some deeper character traits. Well, mm-hmm. let me let me ask you this, Dave, because there is a line right before that where they're talking about when they finally get into the truck, which there is a very tense moment with them not wanting to get into the truck mm-hmm. and and walk. There is a lot of tension between all these different characters for many reasons, but they mention that there is there's a moment that um, they say to Sam that. Falcon is government, or uh, I'm sorry, Red Wing, because Red mm-hmm. Wing in this in the fight sequence gets mm-hmm. killed. Rest in peace, Red Wing. Um, but that's government tech, and and uh, the new Captain America, Johnny Walker, says, you know, no, we're government. So right. I thought about this for a second. Were they spying on him while they were having that conversation, and that's why he he says that and makes it's, that connection? It's mm. also possible, but it, it also gets to like here's the part where he's a company man, like, hey, I'm the government, of course I'm doing the right thing, right? Right. Whereas mm-hmm. Steve Rogers mm-hmm. would probably not want to be that big brother about it. Mm-hmm. I do I, that conversation, that entire walking and truck scene is fantastic, and. The dialogue that happens between them, I love the turning point where he says, uh, Sam says to him when they finally get out of the truck, I love that line. It's like, and it's always that line. And he just like jumps out. I'm like, oh my God, the sidekick. Captain America's wingman. Wingman. Captain America's wingman. Yeah. Yeah, that was tough. Also, real quick. Always a supporting actor, never the lead, right? Right. Yes. Um, But back to the fight real quick. We do see the hostage situation who ends up being one of the Flag Smashers. Mm-hmm. That character is a, what do they call it, like a gender switch or a swap uh, of the actual character Flag Smasher in the comic books. Is that Carly Morgenthal? Is yeah. that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, yeah. Um, and we learn her name as as the the group of Flag Smashers are taken in by like a German host and they have this conversation that ends up feeling a little bit QAnon-ish to me with this mantra that they have, one world, one people. Um, so I'm, I, I think hopefully we'll learn more about, about what that means and about the mission of this group to, to put things back the way it was um, you know, during the blip. Yeah. I thought it was very John Lennon, you know, like imagine all the people. Mm. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I just I just saw this documentary about QAnon, um, and they ha- there's this mantra that they re- they were repeating. I can't remember what it was, but it's similar to One World, One People, something like that. Yeah, we we all you know, I know I saw I saw stickers on cars around here, and it freaks me yeah. out when I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so so Bucky and Sam have a little moment um, where they that that leads them to Isaiah, but Bucky at one point says. Sam, let's take the shield and do this ourselves. And um, Sam says, remember the last time that happened, Sharon ended up an enemy of the state, and Steve and I were on the run for two years. Who is Sharon? Sharon Carter. Sharon Carter. Oh, okay, That's... we haven't seen her yet then. Not no. on the show, but she's Peggy's niece? Is that okay. Granddaughter, niece, something, but she's going to be on the show. Yeah. The, yep. the, the wonderfully talented and even more lovely Emily Van Camp. Yeah. Got it. Okay. All right. So Bucky, Bucky says there's someone you should meet and they head to Baltimore. Um, there, there's a, a, a little moment as they're walking to Isaiah's home where uh, a little African-American child says, Hey, it's the black Falcon. And he says, why? Because I'm black and I'm the Falcon. Are you a black kid? So again, conversations about race and what it means to be black in America that, are running through deep. the show. That that was I'm so glad they put that in the show because that is something actual I think comic book fans and maybe even the people that developed comics at some point were starting to notice because I I remember specific conversations about that why does a character like Black Panther have to be called mm-hmm. the Black Panther if they're an Afri- African American or African well Wakandan <laughs> um, but I think that was a running thing through comics for many years and. Um, it's just interesting to see them address it like that in the show. I felt like it was kind of honoring conversations of comic book geeks around the world uh, mm. at some point. So, But it does set it up for something extremely drastic. So let's uh, let's get to the, the crazy stuff here. All right. So, let's, so let's, get to, let's get to the second Star Spangled Man. Yes. So our heroes, Bucky and Sam, uh, 
finally have a, a meeting with Isaiah. They make it to Isaiah's home. They make it inside. And there's some background information about that they had a skirmish during the, that I guess um, Isaiah and Bucky had a skirmish during the Korean War. We met in 51. He says, I took half your metal arm. Um, and there's some great dialogue there where Isaiah tells Bucky, you think you can wake up one day and decide who you want to be? And the camera swings to Falcon. Um, I, I, help, help me break that down. What's, what's going on there? What happened with Isaiah? And why is this meeting important? Do you want to take it, Dave? <laughs> uh, so the, the character of Isaiah is a newer, but uh, in some ways almost forgotten character and story. Right. So the idea the idea is that Steve Rogers became Captain America because of the super soldier serum. The creator of the super soldier serum was killed immediately thereafter and the formula was lost. And America has spent a lot of time trying to recreate the super soldier serum because obviously that's that's in America's best interest. Why let somebody else recreate that serum and maybe take over the world? And really quick, let me interrupt you. Is that what Banner was trying to do? Mm hmm. Yeah, that that's where a lot of that's, the Hulk, right? That's okay. where a yeah. lot of these uh, the, the superhero characters are going to come from is various you know forays into trying to recreate a super soldier serum or something akin to it. Okay, right. but so years ago, I think it was two thousand eight, maybe uh, Marvel published a series to great fanfare and media, you know, coverage uh, called Truth that was about. The, exper- the super soldier experiments done on African-Americans akin to, to the Tuskegee Airmen experiments. Mm-hmm. And the most successful you know, result of that experiment was a guy named Isaiah, who at one point took on the mantle of Captain America against government's wishes and was thrown into prison because of it and experimented yeah. on even further. Because yeah, they didn't they didn't really deviate from his storyline too much. I mean, a little bit here and there, but yeah. it, it, it was... Intense. It was pretty spot on. To mm-hmm. it, it was a it was written uh, by by an African American, and interestingly, Marvel has had that series basically out of print for at least a decade. Like mm-hmm. they haven't, the acknowledgments of the story have come from, you know, writing about that character's son or grandson in other stories, as opposed to keeping the original source material in print. So, when Scott picked up on in the credits from the first episode that this character might be appearing. I was like, wow, that's going to be a, a bold but needed choice if they do it. So I'm kind of, I'm surprised but pleased that Disney went this direction with it. And the idea that you you can just wake up and decide who you are, that is a shot at Bucky. Like, oh, you, you woke up from your sleep, from your slumber that you've been in all this time as the Winter Soldier, and now you want to be a hero. You don't just get to do that. It's also kind of a shot at Sam, like, oh, you just wake up today and you decide you don't want to be Captain America. Mm-hmm. You don't just get to do that. Now, it's weird because I disagree with it when it comes to Bucky, but I agree with it when it comes to Sam. And that's why it's great writing. Does this are they are they getting to sort of the root of Sam's hesitation to take up the cap the, the mantle of Captain America? I mean it is he is part of this that he's unwilling like he know well no at this point he didn't know about Isaiah right but so I, I guess while I was watching it, I was thinking is is this why he does not want to be Captain America he 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 doesn't want to represent a country that hasn't represented him I you know I, I think it's possible I, and I think his reaction afterwards where he was angry like. Mm-hmm. wait there were black i mean one angry that they were experimented on the way they were but also like wait why are we just hearing about the idea that there were african-american super soldiers mm-hmm. who were heroes and that has been kept a secret that has been deliberately hidden from much, the american consciousness all like these Tus- years much like yeah. tuskegee yeah a direct mirror right yeah so <clears throat> it it, it mm. i think there's a lot of subtext going on so they haven't actually had him articulate what he's what he's feeling yet. So I, I want to be careful about ascribing anything to it. Cause we haven't actually had the character explain what the character is feeling just yet. Yeah. I, I I'm Dave. I'm glad you kind of touched on it here, but I think they start to address it more when we get to the little therapy session. Cause Bucky mm. does say something in that session. It went from funny buddy cop moment to a, actually a really great serious moment with Bucky 
which kind of hits to the heart of everything, like brings it all real. But I don't want to brush over the Isaiah stuff. I know we're, there's an, a moment right after there that we have to talk about as well. But I do like that they're addressing this. I He was the character, Dave, that I noticed in the end credits. You brought it up. Thank you for pointing it out. There's a tear off of what looks like a, a Captain America poster, and you see Isaiah's face behind it. And I was like, man, if they're going to go down that road, and I think they actually at some point do call him, uh, again, not to be derogatory, but they at some point call him the Black Captain America, which brings up that issue. From ABC News World Headquarters. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a mistake. My bad. <laughs> I thought that was me, honestly. <laughs> sorry, Scott. <laughs> I'm being I'm being shut down, man. Um, yeah, I I've <laughs> sorry, totally threw you off there. Sorry about it's, that. It's all good. So I, I'm glad that this story's happening. I'm glad that we see that, you know, what he says to Bucky and Sam in the moment. Um, certainly, oh God, there's so many things to talk about. But also his line when he says after he he's like the last time we met in 1951, I tore half of that arm off of you. Ah, I just I love the way that they're having this moment. Bucky, who has had a change of heart, but has had a lot of moments of uh, rehabilitation and all that, has this like, you know, just kind of like presence, like he's in the presence of another Captain America. And Mm -hmm. and it's it's more honorable than it is. I was your enemy once. And I, I really liked how that scene played out. And he's still angry about it. Rightfully so how he was treated. Mm-hmm. No, no memorials were given to him, put in prison. I actually solitary confinement. I think they say right at some point. I think so. Yeah, for thirty years was it? I mean, it's it's intense. All right, anyway. I, I, I'm I'm trying to while you were talking. I'm trying to. I want to honor the the man that plays Isaiah because I just I thought his acting in this moment was so intense uh, and so spot on. That I, I I haven't been able to find it. Maybe um, while you guys talk over the next section, I can dig it up. But he he that the acting in 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 that in that scene, especially from the actor playing Isaiah, is just spectacular. That is, I think that's Carl uh, Lumbly, uh, I, who I know and recognize from his uh, stint on Alias with uh, Jennifer Garner back in yes. the early aughts. Yep, I think you're right. I, I, mean, I don't know about the actor's name, but I think you're right about Alias. Yeah. Um, so they have this interaction. Um, Sam and Bucky leave, and they're sort of talk and talk arguing with each other on the way out, and the cops show up. And there's an interaction there with the police automatically assuming that um, that Sam is causing a problem. Yeah. Well, of course they he, realize was. he was. Who he he is. was walking while black. Of course, yeah. he was causing a problem. This is yeah. this is heavy stuff. Well, it, I mean, it's number one, it's accurate, but number two, it's heavy stuff for Disney to be to to take on. I mean, this is, I, 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 I feel kind of proud of them for for not dodging this stuff. You know, they can very easily. They don't have to put a scene like that in there. I, do, uh, I do and, too, and they're Steve. doing it. Yeah. I do too. I, and here's where I've, I've noticed the difference where Disney is going, going to keep it a little restrained or keep it reined in a little bit. One of the, the moment is very intense. Uh, clearly they're there because they're parked in the back or they're at the intersection in the background. When you see the conversation starting in the middle of the street, they pull up, hit the lights. The thing that kept it like a little bit like restrained is the fact that they don't draw guns. I don't think they ever pull the guns. If mm. Maybe I need to go back and double check that. No, but, I don't think they do. But there is a moment when uh, Bucky's like, Sam is refusing to show ID because they were doing nothing. There was no instance, like they were just having a conversation in the street. Mm. It, may, it may have looked a little intense, but nothing bad. Bucky does oh, say at in, one point. In, intense conversations are not against the law. Exactly. And Bucky says something at one point um, where he's like, don't you know who this is? And I love that, the reaction, because the cop still doesn't know. It's the other cop that has to go over and whisper to him, hey, man, that's that's Falcon, you know. And and then they start getting really apologetic. And just because he's a hero and then they run the, the ID on Bucky. And I think that's where they find out that they have a warrant for his arrest. And Bucky's the one that ends up getting arrested. Right. right? Because Although, he missed. Yep. Yeah. 
Although in the moment, this is where the intensity kept escalating was another squad car pulls up in the foreground where the camera's kind of positioned. So you start to see this feeling of like being surrounded by authority and and not having a proper reason. Like you, there was a feeling of chaos when this was happening. Like I really felt very uncomfortable and very tense. Like something really bad is going to happen at this moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so, um, Bucky's so, arrested. Oh, go ahead. Dave. I have to back up for one thing before we move away. Scott. Yep. Yes. Do you think the young man who answered the door at Isaiah's and wouldn't let them in? Oh, thank God. Do you, do you <laughs> thank think God. that's, do you think that's Patriot from the young I Avengers? I really do. So I'm uh, going to detour for a second, Steve. Yeah, please. I know you hate please. this, but there yeah. are a lot of rumors flying around that the next big crossover project for Marvel is going to be a project called Young Avengers, yeah. which is another super team. But we've already had several of the characters introduced. Uh, Scott Lang's daughter, Cassie Lang, she's a Young Avenger. Wiccan and Speed, Scarlet Witch's two children, they're Young Avengers. Yeah. And Isaiah's grandson yeah. is Patriot and the leader of the Young Avengers. And I'm just saying yeah. that that teenage boy who answered the door and wouldn't let them in I'm wondering if that wasn't uh wasn't patriot yeah is uh is torres um one of no. the young avengers also no okay no, no. but he, also he, a, a character yeah. coming up in the hawkeye series kate bishop she's also a young avenger so they're they're okay. they're clearly putting the puzzle pieces on the board yeah you for have this to happen five already five characters that we've either been introduced to or know about that will be introduced within like the next year of this team. So this, this is incredible. Like seeing it happen and certainly to people that are loving the shows and the movies, but don't know the comics um, much like you, Steve uh, mm-hmm. wouldn't probably pick up on that. So maybe Wiccan and speed because they have powers, but these other characters are clearly being set up for this new Avengers or young Avengers. So I can't wait. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. All right. Can we uh, can we move forward? Are we good? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No. No. That's okay. I love it. That's 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 why I listen to you guys on this show. <laughs> uh, I I can't do it while we're uh, while we're talking, but uh, on my walk later, I will pick all this up and try to <laughs> try to remember it. Um. All right. So we're, we're fast forward to the therapy session. Bucky gets arrested, and part of one of the requirements for his release is to have a therapy session with Doctor Rayner, who is his therapist. Um. Buck, or, uh, they're in the police station and the new Captain America says, um, oh, he's not going to follow. Bucky's not going to follow his strict schedule anymore. She says, who authorized this? And he points at himself like, yeah, I can authorize this kind of stuff. See how important I am. Um, so they're in this therapy session. Now, the therapy session itself, I, I – you know, until it got intense in the beginning part where they're trying to get close and they're, they have to interlock their legs and, you know, oh, that's really close. And that's what you wanted, isn't it? Um, I was laughing that I thought that was funny. Um, the two have such chemistry together. They're in couples therapy. <laughs> she actually calls it that. Um, she says, you know, I'm going to add, let's, let's try the miracle question and that doesn't work. So they go to this soul gazing exercise. <laughs> I thought was just very funny for the two of them to do that. It turns into a staring contest. Of course, she says, uh, wait, 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 you know, don't, don't give a smart ass answer to the question she asked, which I can't remember the question, but it gets serious real quick. And Bucky says, why'd you give up the shield? And now it's Sam's opportunity to explain, um, you know, and can't you just accept that I thought what I did was right, but he never, he doesn't really give a full explanation yeah. there. And and yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like we haven't heard the character actually explain why it is. He says it in a way that like kind of answers, but doesn't mm-hmm. and strongly implies like, leave it alone. I yeah. do not want to talk about it. Yeah. But, but what I love about this is we don't get Sam's full explanation yet. We get Bucky's and Bucky's mm-hmm. meant the world to me. And what I think the series is going to give that heart and soul to, to Sam's character um, is his response. If what Captain America, if, if, if he was wrong about you, mm-hmm. that means he's wrong about me. And mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. deep. Like that was heartfelt right there i was like mm-hmm. oh my god because <clears throat> it was <clears throat> excuse me that was fun like the, the these two episodes are a lot of fun there's some deep stuff going on but th- those words right there hit home like seriously so it it also i mean it, it wasn't articulated but one of the things that the fans talk about since the end of endgame was 
is the idea is Bucky disappointed that Steve didn't choose him. Mm. Like these are lifelong best friends. And I think an implication through all of that is that, that Bucky is showing that he is still Steve's lifelong best friend. Like Steve, if you believe this guy is your successor, then he is your successor. And I yeah. am behind him 100%. Yeah. And that, it, that was, that was, that was, what you said, Scott, one hundred percent got to me, but that was also a reaction that I had watching it, and I, I, it was the whole thing was actually very powerful and very well done. Yeah. It, 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 oh, go ahead, Steve. Sorry. Well, I was going to say it also it, it it harkens back to a conversation that we talked about last week, where th- that's why the show and these characters are so compelling, is that their 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 flaws are laid out on the table for you and and they're they're usually something that deals with their psyche this isn't superman who has this aversion to this rare you know stone called kryptonite this is this is their 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 fatal flaws we're looking at and and that they discuss these flaws and i think it's um you know it it makes the the character development that much more compelling and it makes you want to watch next week to see if they're going to reveal a little bit more about what's going on um, behind the curtains with these guys. All right. So, so leading up to the, to the um, end of the episode here, we see Carly Morgenthal. She's got, um, you know, they're, they're taking their, their loot, whatever it was they were taking. Um, They're putting it on an airplane. One of their, one of her colleagues says, you know, I'll delay them. And he, he sacrifices himself so the plane can take off. Um, and there's a mention of, do we have time? No, we don't have any time. It's the power brokers, men. All right, so back to my questioning. Who is the power broker? Is that someone the, important? The power broker is a Marvel Universe kind of crime lord villain who sells essentially a super soldier serum to people Got it. to give them low-level superpowers. Okay. And all of this, and, and in the comics, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, the power broker was the guy who gave John Walker enhanced abilities, and that's something that they kind of leave up in the air. Mm-hmm. Like you look at John Walker, and he's he's clearly operating at peak human efficiency in some of that footage, and you're kind of wondering, like, is he enhanced or is he just like an Olympic level athlete? You can't throw that shield around like that without some sort of enhancement. Don't they mm-hmm. reference like uh, there's a somebody MIT did a, a study on your physique and you know there's got to be some enhancement that's, there, right? That, that's what I'm saying. Like they leave it kind of a little open. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this guy is this guy is something special. Is he special because he mm-hmm. is the peak of human evolution, or is he special because he you know juices a little bit, right? Is, is he Barry Bonds? Barry Bonds was <laughs> no. I'm just it's in all seriousness. Barry Bonds was legitimately the best baseball player of his generation legitimately and he was watching all these other guys around him juice and become mm-hmm. as good or better than him so i firmly believe that's why he started doping mm-hmm. i'm as good or better than you right when you're juiced i need to restore the natural competitive gap that should be there and you take the best player in the game and juice him and he becomes you know like a vid- like watching a video game in real life and that was yeah. Barry Bonds for for about five years. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So at the end, we finally got, we finally get to another big name drop. And this is that uh, Bucky and Sam are going to find Zemo. Zemo, our, our favorite Nazi from Winter Soldier. Yeah. I, I'm glad this happened. Uh, I just don't, I don't know. I, I, I know they had to say the name, but I just felt like the way it was delivered just it it mm. it rubbed a little raw with me. I think you could have built up to the surprise moment and didn't have to go Zemo. <laughs> you know, I just I don't know. I just I feel like we know they're going to go talk to somebody from Hydra. We know this is all the Captain America stuff in a TV show. So here's a moment where, yeah, <laughs> I'm having soundboard issues. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I apologize. I'm having sound it's issues. Al- it's, always when, so. it's always when Scott is talking to It's like when Steve was on a date in junior high school. There's just no controlling <laughs> what's going to happen. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, right. They could have said 
they, they could have very easily said, you know who we need to go visit. Yeah. All right, let's go. And then. And then cut to the cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think even cutting to the scene, going down the hallway, although Mm. the contrast with the blaring, like classical music, I mean, I I, I felt like a a more fade in subtle approach would have been a little bit more dramatic. Mm. Um, And then we get to the cell and we do see the the shot of him, the forward shot. And then we see the profile shot. I will say that this was the greatest moment, though, because if you didn't catch this, this was the Star Wars reference in the entire episode. He is in cell 2187. No, he's not. Really? Yes, he's he in is. 2187? He's in 2187. Oh, that's awesome. So uh, I did I did appreciate that, even with the kind of hokiness of the end. I'm glad that we're getting, mm-hmm. finally getting Zemo in there. So, uh, yeah, if you look at the screen monitor on the bottom left, it says something like Zellerman or Zeller or whatever, and then it says 2187 on it. I'm like, oh, no, no. <laughs> You're, you're gonna th- we, we get to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> thank, thank you, Marvel. <laughs> hey, you know, we had one Star Wars reference in, in this show, so we're, we're still legitimately a Star Wars podcast. Still there. <laughs> Guys, this, is, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Episode two. How many episodes are we getting of this show? Epi- six. Six? Six total? Six. Okay. All right. Uh, this certainly seems like it's it, it's leading to bigger and better things. Uh, lots lots of characters being introduced, lots of character development happening here, and that's why I think the what makes the Marvel uh, that's why the Marvel um, platform is so fun. It's so I, I think I said this before. The the roots are thick and run so deep, and there's so much to pull from and to cull from. Uh, to create entertainment for us and uh, certainly the future is bright in the Marvel Universe so guys we will be back next Saturday for our review of episode 3 of the Falcon and Winter Soldier until then have a great week oh and go check out Six Hyvian Chris Evans new podcast Lit Matters on a podcast player near you first episode he uh chris interviews uh dr dean franco and they review together they talk about moby dick reviewing books that we should all read and the first one up is moby dick so go check that out lit matters over at apple podcasts or your favorite podcast player until next week guys may the force be with us all